I enjoy podcasting. I just ran up and down. Woo! Oh, you ran up those stairs? Yeah. To get cookies? Yeah. <laughs> Did anybody see you running for cookies and running back with cookies? Enough people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, enough people saw it. Did you see any of your students out there? And they're like, what is he doing? Is he holding <laughs> no, cookies? Is he holding one, two, three, six oatmeal cookies? Do you know how old he is? Because that seems like a lot. Man, I feel so old sometimes. Yeah. I asked our class. I was like, uh, I can't remember. I was about to make a reference about the 90s. Like, give me a 90s aesthetic. And I was like, I can never really remember. Like, how, how old are you guys? Tell me what year you were born. They're like 2001. I was yeah. like, holy Walt Disney's Magic Kingdom Disneyland is growing every Ladies day. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. Disneyland, the happiest place on earth. It's time to throw down, y'all. Welcome to Bob's and Banthas, a podcast about Disneyland, Star Wars, and all the other things the Disney company owns that we love. On this episode, we're talking about Look, we're not bearing the lead here. Disneyland is opening. No, seriously, it's really going to open. We talk all about what you can expect. And in our main segment, we finally get around to talking about WandaVision as we review the season as a whole and how the first MCU TV series was received. My name is Scott Storm and with me, my brother on the mic, the Pietro Maximoff to my Pietro Maximoff. That's right. Absolute Aaron Robbins. Holy cow, Scott Storm. It's episode 50. Nifty at 50, Aaron uh, Robbins. Bob Sleds and Banthas. Can you believe 50. the little podcast we started across that walkway? Over that walkway. In a terrible, awful professional studio. studio <laughs> professional studio. With a mix of boards and tables and lamps from Ikea. I think those uh, lamps are still there. Oh, I'm sure they're still there. Has yeah. led, us, led us to hear a, a time of talking to Imagineers. Not, and, not, even, yeah. the, not even just the, that little studio. Yes. That little studio that then led us into a complete and total global lockdown. Yes. Which required us to figure out how to podcast, how to, one, have a friendship over Zoom, two, podcast a show over Zoom. Yeah. To then bring us into this studio that we're in right now. I know. And on the cusp of moving into a new studio entirely. Yep, yep. So much stuff has happened in 50 episodes. It's hard to believe. It feels like it just started yesterday. Yeah. It also feels like it's been seven years. How is it that we have had as many Imagineer interviews in 50 episodes? So, I mean... Because you're crazy. That's yeah, why. I'm a little crazy. Yeah, I didn't even know that was going to be a thing when we started. You or, didn't? No, no, I didn't know that was going to be a thing at all. I thought we were going to make weather-related puns and occasionally talk about Disneyland, but you wanted to be all serious about it. I'm like, it. listen, we're going to do this. Let's just do now this. we're going to the Tamashanter. Keep the weather puns down. Uh, episode 50. It's it's great. Yeah. Uh, just even better things uh, coming. Maybe. Yes, definitely. Well. Let's talk about what we've got coming up. Just okay. in the next couple of episodes. All right, let's do it. We're in week two of our Marvel in March. Yeah, we are. Where we're celebrating Marvel Comics all month long. We're celebrating WandaVision today. Today we're celebrating WandaVision. Yep. Next week we're going to be doing a back of the vault Marvel style. That's true. We're going to watch. Can I say what we're watching? Sure. We're watching the Inhumans. Inhumans. If you want to figure out, if, you, if you've ever seen the Inhumans or you've never seen the Inhumans, you should watch it. You should watch it. Disney Plus. Couple we're going to be talking of, about A couple of episodes. That way you'll be able to like keep track up. along. Yeah, yeah, track along. Oh, when they're making this inside joke reference, you'll know what we're talking about. And then the following week, we're going to be talking. We've got a big announcement. Huge. Just confirmed. Very excited. Oh, are we doing it? No, we're just going to hold on to it. Should, no. we, should we do it? I think so. 
All right. We're going to be talking to creative director of themed entertainment at Marvel, Brian Crosby. So excited. Brian is an Imagineer, was an Imagineer, moved his way over to Marvel, and now he is in charge of all of the Marvel comics that feature themed properties from the Disney theme parks. So excited. When we, when you Super talked about excited. Marvel in March, I, I was like, I'll only do Marvel in March because I'm not as big a Marvel comic book reader uh, as as some people are. I was like, I'll only, I'm only interested in doing this if you can get me somebody that has themed entertainment in their title. And you yeah. were like, done. And I was like, well, and Marvel. And you were like, done. Yeah. And I was like, and Disney. And you were like, done. And I was like, okay, I got an idea. How about an Imagineer that works for Marvel now? Yeah, so good. I'm, I'm so, so excited. excited. It's going to be great. He's going to be a great interview. He's going to be super fun to talk to. Uh, and that's coming up in two weeks. That's going to be our year episode, too. Yeah, number 52. We're yeah. going to do a live stream celebration of fun where we recount uh, what fun things that have happened on the show, not so fun things, things we like, things we don't like, where we see things going. Talk to some fans. It's going to be listeners. I guess we don't call them fans. Talk to some Bantha Tears. Bantha Tears. And, uh, and then we're going to do an actual episode 52 uh, with uh, the, the director of themed entertainment for Marvel. It's going to be a humdinger. Yeah. So speaking of our Bantha Tears, for those Bantha Tears that join us on our Patreon, we just got done recording an episode where we review Raya and the Last Dragon, yeah. which Aaron and I both saw last week when it debuted on Disney+. Plus. Took you, a deep dive into Raya and the Last Dragon. We sure did. Yeah, it was fun. If you want to hear our thoughts on that, again, that's available over on the Patreon, uh, and we would love it if you supported us, but if you didn't, we're not going anywhere. We're yeah. going to stay here every if week. If you're not sure how you felt about it, you can listen to it and then borrow, borrow our thoughts. Scott certainly has some. Oh, I've got some. Oh, yeah. And you do, too. Yeah. What do you say we uh, yodel in that news? We got to get to that news because it's like we should have done an episode just on this. Just on that. So we have to get to it. This episode is this episode may feel a little quick. There's no messing around. We got to yodel. No messing around because this this is the announcement we've all been waiting for. Time for that yodel. Remain seated, please. Permanecer sentados, por favor. Aaron. Hey. We've yodeled into and out of the news. Yep. We. Uh, what do you mean? We just yodeled into the news. And we're out of the news. We're already out of it. Out we're of all the done. yodel. We're yeah. out of the yodel. Yes. In, into the news. Yep. Disneyland is going to be reopening in late April. <laughs> yeah. Wait. What? How did I not know about this? This is, I don't know. Have you been off of any type of Disney-related yeah, social media? Yeah, what I did was I took all of my electronics, everything, my Alexa, yeah. I smashed them. And You're so, soon? Yeah, You're like, everything. Get away from me, And that still wasn't enough. Still, I was I was out in a forest, uh, you know, bearing a bag of electronics. Yeah. And some With guy drove by and head. he's like, Dude, Disneyland's opening uh, today. Did you Did you hear that? Oh my gosh, the opening today. Let's just start this. Uh, Yeah, very welcome news for businesses here in Anaheim. From the nation's capital to the happiest place on earth, Disneyland is set to open its doors, reopen. Disneyland announcing today that they expect to reopen. Parks in California could reopen sooner than later. Restrictions as soon as April 1st, much to the excitement of local business owners. But this is great news for Southern California's major theme parks, including Disneyland. You know, Walt Disney World down in Florida has been open since last year, but just not Disneyland because of the California governor. Right. 
now L.A. and Orange counties remain in the purple tier. Derek, can you hear me? I think you need to take your um, your computer. There we go. There you go. Uh, you know what? Being happy makes you want to eat. Let's back up. Let's back up. I was aware. Last Friday. I've been aware. You were? You have made. I've been told by every single person that knows me twice. How many texts have you gotten about this news? Because my phone has not stopped yeah. beeping. This is my favorite thing. This is my favorite. Like uh, some, not a lot, but some. But this is my favorite thing I get in this situation when somebody goes, uh, I heard Disneyland's reopening. Is that true? As if I have any more like special, I'm like, uh, I thank you for checking with me. I did I did confirm through my well, so elaborate podcast. Mine network. is different. Mine is, did you know Disney's reopening? Yeah, come on, Scott Storm. I'm did like, you know? Yeah, I do a podcast about Disneyland. Like, yeah, how do you think I don't I know? know? I know. Like, of course, it's it's my job to know. Of course, right. I know. Right. It's your it's your job. But everybody is sending me job. information. Like, like they've got the breaking news. Hey, just a little. If you guys are doing an episode, I don't know if you guys are still doing that. But if you are, you might want to cover this. Hey, on your episode uh, on your show where you cover Disneyland, here's a little bit of Disneyland news that you might have not a realized. Insider information. <laughs> so yeah, it was last Friday, uh, the Gavinator, Gavinator Newsom. Or as I like to call him, our gracious emperor. Yes. Released from on high uh, the allowance of stadiums and larger amusement parks, yeah. theme parks, mm-hmm. the ability to reopen as early as April 1st. Yeah, we got some blueprints. We got some blueprints a on how blueprint, to reopen. Blueprint for a safer economy. A blueprint for a safer economy. Uh, and uh, in, in that safer economy, they said, yeah, you guys can open. Absolutely, yep. you can open. Totally. Uh, and uh, and said as early as April 1st, given certain things, and of course it's all based on, for those of you who don't live in California, or those of you who live in California that just can't keep it track anymore, Yeah, it's all based on color coding of counties and where the county sits within a color code, uh, the least restrictive color being yellow. Yellow! There is no green. Uh, the most restrictive color being purple. Purple! As if uh, to say, I am holding my breath and uh, not letting any oxygen flow to my brain. Or like, yeah, or like uh, Barney the dinosaur will eat you if you leave your house purple. Yeah. Think that. Yeah, think that. That that type of purple. Counties that are in purple can theoretically reopen. Yeah. Uh, but they are substantially limited in their capacity to, I think, 100 people. Yep. Uh, once you get out of the purple tier and into red, you can reopen and capacity is limited to... 15%. 15%. Yeah. And then I think it goes 20 5% I believe that is correct. In the orange tier and maxes out at 35% in the yellow tier, which is to say that until California gets rid of this blueprint for a safer economy, mm-hmm. the maximum capacity that Disneyland could ever have mm-hmm. is 35% of max capacity. Correct. Yeah. This, of course, we don't get too political on this show, except uh, no. when we talk about Disneyland reopening or the lack thereof. And I don't, I don't, I honestly don't think, I mean, we can keep this pretty funny and light, but I just don't think we're even talking about Disneyland reopening. I think we're talking about the consistency, the logic, and the plan right. for something like Disneyland reopening yes. and how it seemed to be very arbitrary uh, and seemed that way and out of sync with the rest of the uh, country yeah. and what they were doing and just wanting some clarification on that. And never, and never being. Never totally addressing the reasons why. The yeah. reasons why a place like Disneyland cannot open. Uh, however, uh, Disneyland being a theme park, being made up of several different industries and businesses, yeah, uh, that those 
individual businesses could open. Yeah, and it felt more like a pitch on Shark Tank than it did a yeah. public health thing of like yeah. of like the Disney company and Bob Chapek and, and Iger were like, all right, here's the deal. Here's here's our pitch. Like, uh, you don't run the world. That would be my opening statement. And uh, people have done this and we're a very big company with tons of money. We've opened at a very small capacity here in California uh, and done a very good job. We've done it in Florida, done a really good job. Do you remember when you sent people out to our uh, yeah, you did some, park? Yeah, you did some research. We entertained you. We were happy. Uh, to send whatever slide decks you needed, but you yeah. felt the need to come to Florida to actually see how it's done. We showed you. Yeah. So I feel like that was their pitch on like Shark Tank, and he was just like, yeah, no, I'm out. I just don't feel like this is a good fit for me. It's not a good fit It's in conflict. <laughs> conflict with a lot of other things I have going on. I have like his lockdown company I own. The it's just is, not a good. I still, you know, you just, your entire pitch lost me. I still don't understand what you're selling. What is a theme park? Yeah. What is it? So I'm going to go out. Uh, like out. you, I like what you're doing. I, I think you're worth a million bucks. I'm just going to go out. I'll tell you what. I'll give you 30% of a stake if you turn it into a winery. Can you give, it a, give me a yeah. turn it into a winery? And then the producers of Shark Tank were like, hey, Gavin, uh, it turns out your contract's up and it's not. we're not sure that we're renewing it. And he was like, hold on. Oh, wait. Oh, this, is a, this is fantastic. I'm back in now. Yeah, I'm back in. Oh, yeah. In. Like now I'm, I'm totally listening to what you have to say. I'm yes. Uh, yes. I, you know, California has made its COVID decisions, we've been told, yeah. for a year now. Uh, based on science and data. We are science going to find and science and data. Uh, and so the reopening plan for Disney and other theme parks or stadiums uh, is completely based on science and data mm-hmm. and has absolutely nothing to do with the recall efforts uh, of requiring 1.5 million signatures by March 17th yeah. to put the recall of Governor Newsom on the ballot. Yeah. And nor does it have anything to do with- Coincidental. Uh, with the baseball season, the MLB starting yeah. up. If you uh, line shortly. those graphs on top of each other, recall effort numbers, uh, Disneyland or in theme parks ability to open, and uh, Major League Baseball yep. season, it just because they line up precisely does not mean that there's a correlation. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Causation. Correlation does not uh, indicate causation. causation. Yeah, that's right. That's what I think. We're going uh, we would just call that serendipity. Yeah. Just a complete happy accident. Let's talk about a couple things before yeah, I, about, about the opening and it felt uh, like very much like people were like, oh, this is happening April 1st uh, yeah. versus that versus what was in reality for a few hours, which was like, that is the soonest. Uh, but we had not heard from Disney right. on what their plans were, what that would look like, how they would do it, how you would get tickets. Some of that information we still don't know. Uh, and so there was, I think, 72 hours where it was no, just it was like, like five days later, five days later, we were in a thing of they technically could um, but Disneyland hasn't commented on it. Right. And still, when you look at the numbers, uh, you know, best near case scenario, red tier, I think you're talking about 9,000-ish people a day in Disneyland, 10,000-ish yeah. yeah. people a day. And nobody knows, I don't think, the true capacity of Disneyland. Well, and again, uh, I mean, even if you're talking about, you know, 15% of yeah. capacity, that still assumes that the county where Disneyland is located, Orange County, gets into the red tier, which right. it is not. It's currently in... The most restrictive purple tier. But in purple, they could still open. It was just like... A max of 100 people. Yeah. Which it takes more than 100 people to run that park. Right. It's just employees like, what do we do? (laughs) Showing up. Dude, you just, I don't know. You just (laughs) mill about. I don't know. You pretend like guests are there. Throw some... Yep, yep. Just make believe. Go full Truman Show with it. Just starting positions. (laughs) That's right. Just hold there. Uh, But so even at at, at that, like we we didn't really know what was going to happen. And I think this is still the case. If you don't live in California, this news does not apply to you. Right, exactly. So there are things that, there are restrictions in place. And, And just to... To address what you said about the the news cycles that happened, I mean, people were, especially Disney fan sites, like I cannot 
I cannot tell how many headlines I saw that said Disneyland is opening April 1st. Yeah. And people on uh, Twitter and on Instagram, Disneyland's opening April 1st. And it's like, whoa, 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 whoa. Like, they are legally permitted to open April 1st, but Disneyland hasn't said they're opening April 1st. And again, like you said, even if they did, they would be severely limited. Disneyland has subsequently come out. Yeah. Bob Chapek announced uh, earlier this week that, uh, and I think it was during an earnings call, that uh, Disneyland would be reopening, and they anticipate in later April, but an actual specific date as of the recording of this episode has not been pinned down. Yeah, I thought it was funny. When when the news came out, uh, I read it. I think we were in the car, and I read it, and one of my kids uh, basically set it up as like, oh, that is, if you're Gavin Newsom, that is a solid April Fool's joke. Well, my kid said the same thing. <laughs> like, you, like, yeah, Disneyland can reopen, and then Disneyland makes plan, and he's like, oh my gosh, you didn't get that? It said it right in the news mail, and April 1st, you know that's not real. Of course it's not real. My kids- I'm so uh, sorry you took that for real, Disney. They took this as an opportunity to riff uh, endlessly on this, and the scenario that they walked out was that everybody was gathered at the turnstiles, uh, ready to rope drop Disneyland on April 1st, and all of a sudden, uh, just slowly- uh, the 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 music in the Esplanade sort of fades down, and you just see Gavin Newsom walk out of the tunnel uh, underneath the railroad tracks over to a eager and awaiting audience, yeah. and just goes, <clears throat> "April Fools!" <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then, in their uh, fantasy, gets on the Hades float from the Hercules Parade and rides away. <laughs> rides away, yeah. <laughs> yeah. What you guys didn't know? Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I find it humorous that both of our children just said that uh, pretty much. Yeah, right away was like, "Oh, yeah. that's good. He's he's gonna get you guys." And I'm like, I took it as a serious news story, but okay. So let's let's go through briefly, sort of what what people can expect when Disneyland opens. Okay, yeah, let's do that. You've already identified that only California residents will be allowed to open the parks. Uh, I mean, I'm be allowed to attend the parks. Yeah. Until Orange County reaches the orange or yellow tiers. Okay, that's when that opens up. Right. Uh, apparently small groups may attend the resort together while in the red tier, small groups being a maximum of 10 people or three household groups. So I don't know how they're, I don't know how Disneyland's supposed to limit that. Yeah. Uh, but this, this is, again, these are, this is what the state is expectations are. Yeah. Not what Disney has implemented so far. We don't know what the COVID restrictions of, of Disneyland specifically are going to end up looking like. But the state says that a maximum of 10 people or three household groups are going to be able to attend at a time. I guess that means that they're going to be able to gather together in closer proximity than six feet uh, Yeah, I would away. imagine they're, they're allowed to ride rides together and right. walk together and, you know, stand in line together. And so that would be, uh, that would be 10 people. Or if you had... Four family groups of two, which would be eight people. You can't do that because that's four family groups. How are, how are they going to track that though? Is everybody going to everybody going to do like the uh, you know this is the the Harris family uh, yeah. gathering where everybody yeah. wears the same red T shirt? So that's, you know that's how that's is that just, what they're going to do. They're going to hang out and they're like hang out shirts. I feel like that's the best thing. You guys all have to be in in chartreuse, uh, yeah, just, chartreuse. So, we, so we can track with some yeah. sort of like off brand Disney script that says like Harris family reunion. Yeah. Yeah. Just, just like a Mickey, a Mickey outline that was obviously downloaded from the internet, but didn't <laughs> didn't fit the design software, and so it's like off scale, just yeah. a little bit, yeah, and a little fuzzy, yeah, a little, little pixelated. Oh yeah, you just you just blew that up, huh? Okay, all right. all right, well, yeah, at least you guys are together. 
At least we can track you. <laughs> At least we can track you. Yeah, and then I, th- I think it's going to be very. I'm, I'm assuming it's going to be very Floridian from there in terms of the things that they have already done in Florida. How waiting lurks, how character meet and greets. I work. would imagine so. I'm expecting plexiglass on the Jungle Cruise. I'm bracing myself for that oh, already. Boy. I know. I mean, you have to. You have to embrace yourself for that. Are you guys going to try to go? We're. Gonna, I mean, we're going to try to get tickets as soon as possible. Well, let's talk about how you can get tickets. Okay, tell me, and I will answer your question. Yeah. Uh, tickets are available for. Uh, they're going to be online only. For California residents only. Yeah. And uh, when are they going to, yeah. They're going to be available through the Disneyland app. Yeah. When, when can I go on? I assume, well, I I assume we'll we'll learn that when Disney solidifies what their opening plans are. Yeah. By the time I learn that though, it's already too late. I need you to call somebody and get insider information. You need me to call somebody. Why don't you call somebody? I'm not good at that. You're really good at it. Yeah, but you can do. You're like, hey, Bob says Mantis. Come on. You you let us in, right? Yeah. They go, I've never heard of the uh, the show. And I go, okay, I'm sorry. And I hang up. When somebody tells you that, you go, like, no, I think you have. I'm pretty sure you have. I'm pretty sure you have. You'd be the only one that hadn't. And they're like, I think I have. Well, the FOMO. I don't want to <laughs> yeah. tell, tell them that I haven't heard of it. Yeah. Uh, am I going to go? Yeah. This, of course, uh, was a topic of conversation at the dinner table earlier this week. Yeah. We are still, listen, I want to go. Yeah. I absolutely want to go. I feel like you, have a, you, have, you, you need to go. You have a show. I know People I do. People want to know what you think. And yet- and the end yet is it remains to be the same thing that it has been for the entire year, which is I don't want to have that Disney experience where we're in masks. And yeah. I really – I don't want to take my kids my, – listen, my, my kids haven't been to Disneyland as much as I would have loved to have taken them. Yeah. Which means that they are still constantly amazed and surprised by Disneyland uh, anew every time they would go. Right. Which I guess everybody is in some ways. But you, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. Uh, my kids – are they're still experiencing new magic, experiencing not, new not magic. grabbing nostalgic Correct. magic. Yeah. And so I don't want to put them in a situation where they're experiencing magic and I'm watching them experience magic, but I can't see any of the emotions on their face because they have a mask on. Interesting. So for as long as masks are required at Disneyland or Disney World, the Storm family just isn't going to go. And that is frustrating to me because I absolutely want to go. But I also, but That's what I really want is I really want that experience of seeing the park through my children's eyes and being able to capture the expression on their faces in photos and then be able to look back on that trip and and relive the memories of that. So for you, is that like using up the magic because they'll have some experience with it and it won't be fresh the next time? Or is it just, you just don't want that experience at all? I just don't want to remember that type of experience. Okay. You know, I mean, tr- truly like, I-, I don't want to look back on, I mean, I could just easily not take photos of them, right? But at the same time, uh, it's a moment in time. I'm going to want to capture them visiting the park and yeah. going back, and it'll be there. It'll be our first time in Galaxy's Edge ever, and so there will be first things that happen for all of us at a trip like that. And we're going to want to memorialize that with a photo. And when I look back on that photo, you know, just just I, because it's the first memory, does that make it the most resonant in your head? Like, why will not a more powerful memory in the next three years replace that? And so you'll be glad to be like, remember the time when. It had been closed for a year and we went down there and, you know, it was money and all that kind of stuff like that. And it wasn't the ideal thing, uh, but that's a memory we have. And now that memory has been, it's there, but it's been replaced by this more resonant memory of the first of that. Like, why are they mutually exclusive? Why can't you have both the COVID memory and then the more perfect memory that then replaces it or rides on top of it later? That's a very good question. We're going. Sounds like we're all going. I, first of all, I don't think memories get replaced like that. I think they just get sequenced. Right? Sequenced, yeah. So it's yeah. like the, there's the COVID memory and then there's the memory that we had after we went. Yeah. Uh, after COVID when we didn't have to wear masks anymore. Yeah. 
why is that bad? I guess is my question that you have this COVID memory, which was just, you will make the best of it. They will have fun. It won't be the perfect Disneyland experience, but maybe they'll get that later. And so I'm trying to ex- trying to figure out is having the COVID memory somehow wreck all future memories. And so you just don't even want to go near it or. I think it wrecks that memory. You know what I'm saying? Like it is a, it is an imperfect memory at that point. Yeah. And so if I have the opportunity to have an imperfect memory or no memory at all, I think I would rather go with a no memory at all because then when I look back and I say, look at all the trips that we went, yeah, uh, then I don't have to remember the time when, again, I couldn't see, I couldn't see my kids smile. Yeah. I can't see my kids smile. That's, you go to Disney to experience this memory and have an emotional response and that emotional response is joyous. If I can't experience the joy on my kid's face because they're behind a mask, like that feels depressing to me. I get <laughs> that other people don't feel that way or maybe they're just willing to make that trade off. You like your family potentially is willing to make that trade off. Yeah. For me, I, I just like it just I don't know, there's a part of me that feels wounded. Interesting. I actually feel wounded by the thought of not being able to enjoy the parks in that way with my kids because there is actually a physical barrier that blocks my ability to enjoy with them. Yeah. I think for us, uh a lot of our trips to Disneyland have been calamity uh, right. based. They yeah. have not been. They have not started off on the right foot. They have been after uh, severe tragedy in our family, yep. or uh, just family stuff, or growing up, or the wildfires in the California uh, California, and knowing like when is the right time to go? Is it yeah. too early? Yeah, it feels like we went too early, and and having kids and picking the wrong time to go. So a lot of our Disneyland trips have been calamity based, and so I think the narrative in our family is. Uh, regardless, we just go. That's just what we do. We just go. And this will just be another imperfect memory of a bunch of imperfect memories. But it means that Disneyland's a place that if we can, we do. If I had taken my family 10 times to Disneyland, 15 times to Disneyland, I would totally agree with you. Because I would go like, well, we've been so many times. This is a time that's going to be its own memory. Totally, yes. And the celebration of that memory is the imperfect memory. Yes, exactly. Remember that time when we went to Disneyland and we had to be in COVID masks? It was all super weird. We hadn't been there in a week. (laughs) Yeah, and we just, yeah. And so the purpose of that trip is the imperfect memory. It is, yes, you're right. Yes, yes, correct. But what I'm saying is because Disney, again, because my kids are experiencing Disney anew, the magic anew, I don't want to have an imperfect memory be one of their foundational memories of Disneyland. That I get. That I understand. So I think that's the way I would answer it. Okay. I'm in a spot, so I got to wait until uh, until Disneyland removes their mask requirement, and um, I'm assuming that Disney World's probably going to do that before Disneyland does, but if I'm really, truly a betting man, my assumption is that the company as a whole is going to remove their mask requirements from all their parks at the same time. Uh, mid-2022? Yeah, yeah, mid, yeah I think let's go right. mid-2022, yeah. early 2023 at the earliest. And that doesn't, I mean, it seems like an incredibly long time to it wait. It does but, seem an incredibly long time to wait. But, uh... Yeah, and you're on a podcast, and I'm going to have been... And you're going to have gone. Four times since then. Yeah, I know. And, and you're going to be like, eh, I don't know if I can handle this. And then you're That gonna means have to... you're going to get me better souvenirs every single time you go of down. Of course. Of course like that's bigger a Bigger and bigger and bigger. Next time, it's like, I got you a Space Mountain car. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just it's I, We put it on top, and it's here. Now, one time I'm going to... Po- that's what you podcast in now. Uh, I'm going to bring you home their Prince Charming. I'm yeah, just there gonna, you go. I'm just going to be like... I know, it's he, but he used to be, and now you are, and so he just wanted to have like a memory around. I was like, what better memory? memory of playing Prince Charming than having your own to just yeah, be like in your house. Yeah, it goes back to when we say like when they get rid of Jack Sparrow and Johnny Depp t- gets all the Jack Sparrow skins exactly. in his yeah, house. Yeah. It's the same thing except this is a live person. It's a live person, exactly. <laughs> is that animatronic? No, that's a real person. No, it's a real person. <laughs> yeah. Don't look him in the eye. Don't, he, he just asked that. 
last question I have on this Disneyland news item. How soon? Yeah. After the park reopens in this this April. End of April, they sing. Does the Jungle Cruise have a coronavirus jokes? Is that, is that the first time you get on there? They they already have that work. So? I kind of do. I think that that is like a third rail. I just don't think that I don't think they do that. The skippers never make a joke about coronavirus. Oh, yeah, maybe you're right. It just seems so natural to me that they would already have that worked into the script. Oh, wow. There's debate in your head. Oh, that's there's a, conflict in deep in your eyes. I could see them not coronavirus. I could see them making riffs on a you know, jungle-related flu type of thing. Okay. Uh, that is sort of wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Yeah. We're making jokes about... Uh, distancing or something distancing like that. Distancing or masks or whatnot. Oh, they're too smart. Their jokes are too witty. They're not going to be able to not say How are them. they not going to be able to do that? Yeah. Well, that's a good question. When we were there, it, I wonder, I don't know the world, Walt Disney World story, but we were when we were at Buena Vista Street when it was open just a couple like, month or two ago, whatever it was... Uh, Almost all the cast members are wearing the same mask. Yeah. The same mask. And I wonder if the, the idea that there will be themed masks for the land makes total sense to me, but also it's a little weird, a little, little odd. They're like a Tomorrowland themed mask. Yeah, like that's, and, a, uh, that's a sporty mask. It's like it's like acrylic or something. And, 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 and then the Adventureland mask is more like netty and like camouflage And then I like I sort of want to see that. The Haunted Mansion one is more, yeah. Just the wallpaper? It's the wallpaper. Would you want to see that? I sort of want to see. I kind of do. I, yeah. I think it's a it's a weird thing that you have to consider. Yeah, but it but, is part of the costume at that point. But it should feel like part of the costume if they can figure out how to do that. Now I don't know if they already have. I, you know, let me ask you this though: when you read the news, uh, when you read the news, Disneyland opening and that sort of settled. What like what did you really feel? Was that a, a very happy feeling? Like oh, I'm so glad. Or did, was there was there a reservation you had in the thought? Did it feel celebratory, or did it just feel this isn't even really news because it's not like what did you really think? Felt like kissing your cousin. Oh, wow. Okay. You know? Like, yeah, it happened, but it's not ideal. <laughs> okay. I mean, that's how I felt was like, yeah. I guess I've never I, kissed your cousin, so I don't really know what that experience is I mean, like. I, Apparently, I, it's not fantastic. I, you know, it's, it's okay. It's one of those things where it's like, I guess I was expecting it to happen. I knew it was going to happen. I yeah. think the fact that it it was opening is a good sign. Like, again, it, it, feel, it feels like it should have happened way back in October yeah. when Walt Disney World opened, right? Yeah. So it's one of these things where it's like, it it makes sense, totally makes sense that it's open. Does that make me, does that get me any closer to going back to the park? It doesn't. And so it feels unsatisfying to me. But again, that's those are my own personal restrictions, right? Yeah. Those are my own personal motivations for not going. The fact that people get to go, Yes, I'm glad that people get to go. They should They should be able to That go. we will be podcasting, and as we're podcasting, people will be in the park riding rides. That's never happened before at, at, at the Disney Right, during, you mean during, while Bob's has, has been yeah, a thing? Yeah, right. we've never like recorded no like, hey. What was your, yeah, like, we'll get a trip report that's like, what was your experience like? Yeah. We, we got it when you uh, did Thanksgiving, but we won't get that experience of like, what is it like riding, you know, Haunted Mansion is a really good question. Like, what is Haunted Mansion going to be like because of the stretching room being an actual conveyance mechanism? Yeah. Uh, you know, what is that like? How many people are in the stretching room? You know, Do uh, not drag yourself to the dead center. <laughs> yeah, Please exactly. stand stay. On the, yeah. Stand on the bat stickers yeah. that we have. Yeah. That's yeah. Kind of thing. Yeah. Good news item. I mean, it, it was... I, it's uh, it, whether or not it's a good news item or not is a pivotal news item for this show. It's an important news item. And, and, the, and the history of this show is tied to the history of, of COVID, unfortunately. That's just true of our show. Yeah. Uh, and so it does feel important. Listen, if Bantha Tears, if listeners want to 
make arguments for why I should be taking my kids in spite of everything I just said, I am happy to be persuaded otherwise. To present those to the, the storms and see. Yeah, present those to the storms. Uh, we will certainly entertain all of those, those as options. Okay. For sure. Options and arguments, for sure. Right on. Hey, uh, that's the news. Yep, the news. We're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, the season finale of WandaVision aired on Disney Plus last Friday, and we are discussing it for the first time on this show. Mm. What did we think? We will tell you. Are you ready to wonder? Are you ready to wonder right, right now? now? Are you ready to podcast with WandaVision today? No. Mm-hmm. You want to talk about WandaVision? Hey. Finally. <laughs> so there's a show that they released on Disney Plus. Oh, yeah. I, uh, it was, it's called something like uh, Behind the Something or Mother. I don't remember what it's called. It's called Dumbo in the... No, it's definitely not called Dumbo in anything. No, Dumbo's not... You're not allowed to talk about Dumbo anymore. Okay, I will cease. Cease uh, any discussion about Dumbo. Got it. What was the name of the show they released on there? It's been called WandaVision. Oh, yeah. It still is called that. Oh, nice. I've heard heard people talking about it. Yeah, people are talking about it. You have wanted to talk with me about it for eight weeks at this point. Our podcasting classes wanted to talk about it for eight weeks. Every single time it comes up in our podcasting class... Half the class goes, oh, man, yeah. and the other half goes, don't say anything. Yep, it's very much like that. Everywhere yeah. you go, grocery stores, yeah. everywhere. But now we can talk about it. Yay, finally. If you have not seen WandaVision, this is going to be spoilerific. Like, we're going to be spoiling everything. If you have not seen WandaVision, it, this, it's your own fault. It's your own fault, and quite frankly, if you haven't seen WandaVision you and you're listening to this, this, like, you're not missing anything. It'll be okay. What, what do you mean? What well, are you talking I mean, about? Like, what what I mean, the like, heck does that mean? I mean, like, you already know whether or not you want to watch WandaVision. Yeah. So you have either made the choice to watch it. Yes. Or you have made the decision, like, it doesn't eh. matter to you, so you'll listen to a spoiler I don't need to see it right when recap. it comes out on Thursday evenings right. at, midnight at midnight or whatever. Yeah. Uh, you're going to steer this because Ooh. you are clearly, you've been, you've been, you've been chomping at the bit. You've been jonesing yeah. to talk about WandaVision this entire time. So I'm going to let you take it away. Wow. Okay. We'll take it back soon because. Uh, okay. Here we go. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Fantastic. Um, how, do, how do you want to do this? You want to let, let's talk about how do you want to get into it? I don't want to do a summary of every show. No. Uh, let me let me ask you this question. Okay. Did Wanda see? Look, I've already taken it over. Yeah, I appreciate it. Dry. Did Wandavision satisfy? Let's talk. Let's start there. This is my two part question. Okay. Did it satisfy? And was it great? I think that uh, that that it did both of those things. I think it satisfied and it was great, and it did so on a lot of different levels. Okay. Uh, not to just is it watchable? Check. Not just is it uh, superheroish? Check. Uh, not does it feel big and and all that kind of stuff? Emotional? Check. But also like, can you can, the things that they did with this show? Yeah. Can you do that and make that not? 
weird where people that pick up on the sort of Easter eggs and the the stuff that's in there for no apparent reason, uh, does that actually mean anything when you make your studio audience dress up or yeah. the people that are filming it dress up? And you yep. just really take that aesthetic of the show and the vibe of the show and the story and you're so confident in the story um, that you do it, that you take it even into the production. Yeah. Does that actually work? Uh, and when I feel like the thing with WandaVision is like it's three, four episodes before you exit the like, what the heck is this show about? Like, what is going on here? I agree. So that's so risky. It's so risky to wait that many episodes. Uh, you really have to keep that a mystery and keep it exciting mm-hmm. and do that well and promise things and give just enough little hints that this is going to be worth it. it I just found it incredibly risky and uh, I cannot believe it got made. I cannot believe this thing didn't get noted to death. I 100% agree with you. I am amazed that they were able to pull it off in the way that they pulled it off. That's not to say that I thought it was flawless. Yeah. It's not to say that I thought it was, you know, um, just, I guess, flawless. I'll go back to, you know, for lack of a better word. I think that there are problems in the execution. Okay. But overall, it was an incredibly ambitious story to tell. I should say the way they told the story was incredibly ambitious. The story itself wasn't that ambitious. The way they told it was ambitious. The amount of thought that they put into the production and the dedication that they had to the production was ambitious. But I felt like the ambitiousness of that show started at an all-time high and then just went down from there. Oh, uh, continuously? Yeah. Into nine? Yeah. Oh, interesting. Because the for me, you know, of course, every episode for the four, first, is it six episodes, is era-specific. So you have the 50s, the 60s, yeah. the 70s, the 80s and 80s, 90s, 90s sort of get sort of blurred mixed, together. Yeah. And then you have the 2000s, so yeah. five episodes. Yeah, you go uh, Raymond into the office and then you're kind of done. The right. show structure is yin and yangish in in its nature of that first episode is very, this isn't a TV show. This is a complete just, you know, 50s thing. And, yes. there, and there's almost no superhero element to it. Right. There's, whereas, w- there's one moment where it becomes superhero-y and it's incredibly intriguing. Yeah. And then the last episodes are almost no, uh, you know... No. This, the conceit, the era of storytelling is completely gone. That's that done. And now you're all in superhero battle, uh, you know, exposition of the, the the Scarlet Witch and all that kind of stuff like right. that. So there's this like weird balance of the show within its seasonal structure that creates. Uh, I, I, I agree with you that it changes if it gets worse. I don't know. I think there are low points. I don't know if it gets worse. I, maybe worse isn't the right word. The um, uh, The ambition is not the same. That uh, type of ambition. Right. It, it, it does go into normal superhero storytelling exactly. and, and battling. Yeah. The dedication of like, we are telling this, you know, we are dedicated to this production style. This yeah. is what we're doing. It's obviously, it's most obviously seen in the eras of the fifties and sixties and even the seventies and eighties, nineties. I mean, again, yeah. like uh, even as the mystery gets introduced, the era specific stuff feels very earned. Yeah. Uh, and I really, really enjoyed it. I think when you get into the two thousands, and the 2010s, you know, uh, where I would say it's the Malcolm in the Middle yeah. episode. And then there is the Modern Family documentary styled, Modern Family Office documentary styled yeah. uh, of the 2010s. Yeah. They, that's where they began to lose me in their conceit. Mm-hmm. 
and then the superhero-y aspect of the story really needed to kick in or else they were going to totally lose me. But there's like, there yeah. is that fulcrum point where it feels a little like, ah, are they going to pull this off? I don't know if they're going to pull this off. And I think, again, overall, very, very satisfied with the story that they told. Yeah. But they did some things. I, I just... I just like the Dick Van Dyke stuff. Like, I just like the well, Dick see, Van Dyke stuff. Well, see, that brings up to me uh, the largest problem with the show and and something that, you know, I'm, like, super concerned about season two. It's, like, the most concerning thing to me, and so I'd like to get your opinion on yeah. it, is that it turns out what we felt the theme and the aesthetic and the vibe of the show was really just a hook. It was a thing. Right. Because now that it has resolved into a very different world, and so this idea of visiting nostalgia and having that exist in this world of superhero-ness, um, that, that is all gone now, and now I'm just left with a superhero show. Right. And I didn't really want to watch a superhero show. I wanted to watch WandaVision. I wanted to watch that thing, and, and they... I don't want to use the term used it up, but they've used it up. They, they sort of did. Yeah. And so I wonder what, what, what do you do in season two is just a superhero show. Well, and that's the thing is that like, uh, you know, if, if this entire season had been eras of television, let's say they only did six episodes. Yeah. Right. And they did the eras of television and there were these hints of a mystery woven throughout sort of like what they did in the, I can't remember if it was the first or second episode where they end it with being in the real world yeah. and there's somebody watching the television yeah. program. Like if there was that era, like almost the lost styled mystery where yeah. you're like, oh, what does that mean? Yeah, right? very, very black boxy. If every episode ended with a black box moment with these sort of mysteries strewn, strewn throughout without ever answering the question until the season finale where it was revealed Wanda's in control of all this. Yeah. She's created this so, reality for herself. Yeah. And the next season is resolving what they do about that. It's much slower, right? Like, it, 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 that's what I worry about is, like, I think the story was movie-esque to some degree. And then they, like, they really wrapped it up with a big whiz-bang there at the totally. end. And, yeah. And I, that's what I'm left wondering is, like, what what uh, what more am I going to see? Like, I really like that journey. Can we do that again? And I don't know can't. if they're going to do a second. Well, that was going to be one of my questions is, oh. is there room or a desire for a season two? I think the desire and the demand will be there. And I think there's- You think so? Oh, I don't think there's any way they're not going to make a season two because people love this show. But then it's not WandaVision anymore. But that's the problem yeah. is it's not WandaVision anymore. And that, the unfortunately, the marketing idea behind the eras of television- yeah one of the greatest television ideas that's ever been had. They totally did it, and now it's totally over. Yeah. So if they can figure out how to do that again with radio or something, I don't know. I don't know how you do that. I don't know how you do it either, but I'm just saying, for the run we had, those nine episodes, I hear that they exited the thing about episodes six, seven, eight, nine. Now we're just we're just in watching a superhero show. Yeah, right. So I get that, but man, that, that first, that first, those first episodes... Those were something else, man. Watching See, that with everybody. That's why I. There's a part of me that wishes that. And I again, I really liked. I really liked this season or the show. I really yeah. liked the show. I thought it was incredibly ambitious, and I really, really enjoyed it. Again, there are parts that felt that there. There are parts that I wasn't crazy about. Like, can you tell me what some of those parts are? Yeah, for example, like uh, like the twist of Agnes being Agatha and okay. the whole like it was Agatha all along, right? Yeah, that felt like a twist for twist's sake that never really paid off. And so, like, I had a, I had an issue with that. I can understand that. I feel this. I feel the same way. And I feel like uh, when a superhero movie devolves, a superhero show devolves into a really, really strong 
good-ish person versus really, really strong bad-ish person, you get this thing where you're like, I don't, is the red or the purple magic more powerful? Right, and, yeah. And then it's just, I... And the last episode is just them throwing just... It's just a lot of like, did this other. hurt you? And it's like, it totally did, but not enough to kill me. How about you? Yeah, same. Right. Are you okay? Yeah, I'm fine. You? Like, yeah, I'm fine. Which is why I think that final battle between Vision and White Vision is a more interesting battle. It's crazy more interesting. Because completely matched the entire time. The way, the way they're fighting each other... Is the perfect ex- is the perfect offense met by the perfect defense? Yes. And then because of that, they resolve it like vision resolves it by going into this psychological exercise of what is reality. Yeah, I, I, that and is, I loved that. That was one of the, that's one of the best superhero about like I- encounters movie or not because it's like machine battling machine physically while while having a mental battle of trying to understand what it means to be. A human, right. real, uh, and understand all that stuff. I thought that was, and everybody that did that white vision was amazing. So great, <laughs> it was so good. And then, again, just the the realization of like you know his prime directive is to destroy Vision. Yeah, and Vision uses that against him in order to say like I'm not the real Vision, but neither are you. Like that was the other thing was I thought like oh he was going to establish no white Vision is the real Vision. Yeah, but in that conversation, it's like no, neither of them are the real Vision. It's the combination of the two. That make them vision. He's so perfect. Who are the, the Paul Bettany? He's, He's fantastic. so perfect as that cast. Let's. I mean, Paul Bettany, and that's the other thing. I get you know going back to the the, the first episodes. Yeah. Like Paul Bettany nails the Dick Van so Dyke yeah. nature of acting. Yeah, and it really is a credit to both Paul Bettany and Elizabeth Olsen that they were able to carry the era specific styles of acting into each yeah. into each episode. Filmed uh, at. Uh, Pinewood Disney, Pine Disney, Warner Brothers Ranch. So places where some of those shows oh, is were that right? filmed. And the house, uh, I, I, we, everybody noticed this, but the house starts off as like a one-story yep. house, which I don't think it is actually on the lot. I think it is a two-story house on the lot, but they made it a one-story house. Then it gets a staircase in the yep. next one. The house becomes a character yeah. like everything else, which I thought was amazing. And I love that it's shot not far from the Friends Fountain in Burbank. Oh, that's great. I mean, a lot of it was filmed in Atlanta, but some shots from California. And also uh, along those lines, just the authenticity of those sets the special effects in the first episode when she's uh make you know she's suspending dinner in the air and yeah. the, and the windows open yeah those are practical effects really they do they, they oh, wasn't so cg good. so those are like wires that are just you know that the studio audience is of seen. course yeah because that's they did it the way it was supposed to be done in the 50s that's what i'm saying so ambitious so, so wonderful ambitious. you can only get one season of that the other you asked me about like some yeah. of the other things that bothered me yeah yeah like, tell me the the reveal of Pietro, uh, Quicksilver. Yeah, right. That reveal that it's not the actor that played Pietro in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Yeah, but instead the actor who played Pietro in the X Men universe. Yeah, that reveal is so powerful for a Marvel movie fan. For a Marvel movie fan for, alone. For a Marvel movie fan alone. Yep. Again, an Easter egg. Yep. Right. An Easter egg that they play out loud and make reference to, and so it becomes exactly. part of the it becomes part of the plot. Right, the whole like well, you don't look like my brother. How do you have my memory? Most like, people are not this? in on that joke. They're not going to get on the joke, but I would say or thing. There's a large. I would say there's probably a large portion of that audience that that does know that there are two different Quicksilvers, one in the X Men universe and one in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Okay. I live in a different world where there's not a large number of okay. people that know that. Okay, so you so you th- so. So to have that character, yeah. have that actor play that character and then not pay off that it's actually that character but from a different universe yeah. feels 
uh, very unsatisfying to me. Gotcha. And I think anybody who knew, anybody who was taken on that ride. Yeah, they took the time to set it up and do it, and then they didn't. Should feel equally unsatisfied, which begs the question, why didn't they just use Pietro? Like, why didn't they use the MCU Pietro actor as opposed to this other one? It felt like a... Uh, it felt like a misdirect with no payoff. Right. This is one of the things I, the only thing I worry about with a show like WandaVision is it is, uh, it is so packed with meta, so packed with Easter eggs, so packed with res- references and understanding that you have to ask yourself, can you just enjoy it if you have no interest in the Marvel universe and not a lot of knowledge? Uh, and I think once you get up to speed, which man, that. That's going to take some work I was to get going to say, Do you think you can? I don't think you. I don't think you can approach this without a full knowledge. I think of the I th- Marvel universe. Yeah, I think you can. I think it's weird enough that if you just let go and and go for the weirdness and just understand, like she's living in a TV show that she created and because she, she loves this guy and then he's kind of dead. And if you can just get that, then cool. Uh, but I do, I do worry. Like I, I watched that with a person in my household who's uh, a nerd, knows all of that stuff. Yeah, and and you almost you that know, person being your wife. Yeah, yeah and, okay. and it's almost like a probably better not talk till this is over. And and oh, is that right? Yeah, yeah. There is, and I think there's she's, one of those. She's that invested in the show. She knows enough, and she and she watches those things, and and it she's watching it on a level that the rest of us are not. And how did she receive it? Oh, really? Well, yeah, yeah it's okay. a huge hit in the house. But I I understand she's kind of quiet about that kind of stuff yeah. too. But we'll just be like, oh, it's a big mystery, blah blah. blah. And she'll be like, no, it's not. Like this is clearly being pulled from Age of Ultron, and blah blah blah. Do you guys want to go back and rewatch the movies? And all of us are like. No, we just wanted to have a silly conversation, <laughs> but uh, like she knows what's going on yeah. and she's just quiet about it. But I could tell she was watching it in a different way than the rest of us. See, were. I, now the opposite experience would have been in my house, right? Where my wife is aware of Marvel. She yeah. watches Marvel, but she's not a fan of Marvel. And so if I was to ask her to sit down and watch WandaVision... There's so much exposition I have to do to exactly. orient her in this story because it's not just, oh, well, this woman and this man are married and he died, but now she is reliving life through eras of TV. Because the initial stumbling block is like, why does Vision look the way he does? Oh, well, he's an android. <laughs> exactly. Right? You know, like so this. much, all of that. Can they fly or not fly? Okay, they can fly. What are their powers? I don't what understand. What is going on? I mean, even me, I, even me throughout the show is like, Wait, what are Scarlet Witch's powers? Like, yeah. she is a she can make people believe what they believe, but she can also fly. But she also had these, yeah. bo- like it's a fiery slurpy machine. That's what I worry about. I worry about it's not a cuddly show because there's always somebody that knows a ton and is watching it for meta, and then there's always a person that's just kind of watching it, and that person has a lot of questions, and so you're almost right. like, ah, I feel like I should not. I feel like I should be quiet. So I feel like the ideal is is two people that are either super nerds and they don't talk to each other the whole time, but then after they talk to each other, or two people that are like, yeah, I like this and I like this universe and I'm into it and I don't know everything. I don't know. Yeah, I didn't notice that the address was 2800. I don't know what that What does mean. that mean? Yeah, I don't know. What does that mean? Something that's a reference to something. It is? The, the address of their house is definitely a reference I, to something. I assumed it was because I know my son turned to me and goes, what does 2800 mean? I go, I don't know. It's an address. <laughs> like, no, no, it's I, not. Like, And that's everything in that right. show. And and again, there, there are things. I love the fact that a show can be made where Uber fans can be delighted by Easter eggs. Totally. But it all, But you can do that but you can also make an approachable show for non-fans. I don't think WandaVision is that show. Yeah. I think, though, uh, Falcon and the Winter Soldier, which debuts in a couple of weeks. Don't start 
preach on that show. On <laughs> I think it can be. I yeah. think that can yeah. be that show because I feel like that's a broader based show. Yeah, where it's an action, it's an action oriented show. You can jump into it. I don't think WandaVision is approachable at all. I just think it's interesting as heck. Like I just think like you, you it keeps you watching by going like, what is this? I've never seen anything like this Absolutely. before. I mean, every week, well, not every week, every episode I finished, it was like everybody was hooked. Like, yeah. let's watch the next one. What's going to happen? And uh, and ultimately, I found it to be a very satisfying heck yeah. show. But, but having said that, it definitely turns from a show full of mystery into just a straight up superhero. Yeah, that's the part that I like least about it. Flying people bashing other other flying people. Yeah, that's the part I like least about it. The 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 vision stuff at the end was good. Yeah, the choice of a fake family that comes at the cost of other people and a real family that means loneliness yeah. and abandonment. That's hardcore. I that's, like that. I will say the themes of loss and yeah. uh, depression and grief was awesome. Yeah. The challenge, I think, is that, again, those themes really come into play in the last two episodes. Mm-hmm. And so those themes have to do a lot of heavy lifting, whereas... Yeah, after the origin story episode, they start to ramp up. Those right. themes ramp up after that. Right. And so uh, as a result, like those themes could have been hinted at. And maybe they are. I'd have to go back and look. But those themes seem like they could have been hinted at throughout the series. So that it doesn't feel like as much emotional heavy lifting in those last couple episodes. Yep, I want to get your favorite episode. I don't know. I just think the show was executed. Oh, yeah. I, I would Gen- definitely go back and watch it again, no doubt. Geniusly. I think putting that origin story at six or seven was just so, like, normally you get notes from a studio and they're like, no, 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 no. You put the origin, you're going to put that origin story first. Right. Then you're going to actually do episode nine, that battle. Then if you want to do that weird stuff, you do that in the in the middle. You right. do that for, right. and just their, their commitment to the vision of how that thought was uh, amazing. Uh, and the commercials. Uh, the commercials were great, too. The commercials. I tried to figure out what they were. It seemed like they were, uh, I don't know, like... Like memory, like some kind of memories she was having about her past or something in commercial form. I don't know, and yeah. that's I would have to go back and watch them again. As they were happening, I was like, "Oh, this is Hydra based." Like that's what I thought. I thought it was her origin story in commercial form. Oh yeah, I guess you're right. I, I, you're right because she was being held by she was being experimented on by Hydra. Yeah. Uh, favorite yeah. episode? You got a favorite favorite one? And you can't say number one because we all are like the, the first things are oh, so shockingly, so, so, so shocking. It can't be your favorite one. Second one's really good too. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. I don't know if I have a favorite one. Okay. I, I mean, I can honestly say that I think I enjoyed all of them equally. The first one is just so shocking and stark. Yeah. Uh, that it's hard for me to not pick that one as my favorite. The magic show, mm-hmm. the magic uh, episode was great too. That was they two. Do, that, that was, was two n- number two. Yeah. Um, I, I really like that. Again, I just like that aesthetic that that return to the, like this simpler television. Yeah, I can tell you what my least favorite uh, episode was. Tell me, my least favorite episode was the documentary series one, the sort of modern family okay. where they're talking to the camera, because even though that's an era of storytelling, the storytelling just did not jive at all with one division itself. Yeah, that they would. It, it, it makes a lot of sense to me that. Uh, that Wanda and Vision are living out this TV lifestyle and that they're playing their characters and everybody else. But the breaking the fourth wall, that's what the episode's called, is breaking the fourth wall. Yeah. The breaking the fourth wall of like Vision sitting in a director's chair and giving like an, an interview to a documentarian, like... Yeah, they tip a, they tip some equipment or tip a, they tip a voice in there. Right. It's actually a director's voice. And I think it's Agatha? Uh, yeah, I think you're right. Yeah. 
I, I just, it, it, that didn't work for me. There were so many part, parts where I was like, my suspension of disbelief in this entire thing is, I can't suspend it this far. I.e. that Wanda would not create the set crew for her thing. She would not have done that. Or what is the, what is the problem with the director thing? Is just that makes no sense for the world she's constructed. I think uh, because at that point in the story, Vision realizes something is going on. Yeah. Like, and he's trying to solve the mystery of what's going on, but then he's being pulled into these interviews yeah. by a fake documentary crew. And so it's like, he's not, he's no longer playing a character in the television era. Right. But then he is playing that character. Yeah. So that that was a I challenge for me. I, uh, I really liked that Halloween episode. Oh, yeah. Oh, my gosh. I didn't even think about that. Uh, just that Halloween episode's so good. It's so good in the way that the, just the design direction on yes. it from the outfits to the – it felt like a – I don't know. It just felt like one of those movies shot during that time that wasn't shot during that yes. time. The outfits uh, – it was just – it and was good. the costumes, of course, being nods to the original comic book costumes. I love the fact that – Wanda comes down. She says, "I was. I'm a fortune teller. Like I'm dressed as a Sokovian fortune teller. Yeah, where she's wearing her Scarlet Witch yeah. costume. Right on. WandaVision. Wonder if they'll do another one. I know that they will. They'll call but then it, it's just like. But then it's just it, Scarlet Witch. They'll call it two WandaVision. Twandavision. Twandavision. <laughs> Twandavision. I will like, say one of the things I really also really enjoyed about the movie or the the show was. See, you never make that site with the Mandalorian. <laughs> You're never like what I really enjoyed about that movie. I mean, TV show. <laughs> we don't have time. We don't have time. I, when they first announced WandaVision, yeah. I remember a lot of people, probably myself included, was like, that's a stupid name for a TV show. Obviously, it's a brilliant name for a yeah. TV show, what it was. And at the time, I remember saying, like, why don't they just call it Vision and Scarlet Witch or Scarlet yeah. Witch and Vision? Yeah. And I really like the fact that in the show, they ask whether or not she's ever gone by another name. And yeah. they say, like, no, she doesn't have some made up name. And then she actually gets the Scarlet Witch moniker in the series yeah. and adopts the Scarlet Witch um, costume. I thought that was awesome, especially for a Marvel fan where it's like, uh, it's so clever the way they work the that. The whole show that was clever. She is now Scarlet Witch. That was just a piece of filmmaking in TV with where, where for once like – you know, executives didn't mess it up and it yeah. just got made. And like, let's not do a product tie-in yet. Although Vision in his green Halloween co- costume is the cutest Funko Pop oh you'll gosh, ever so, see. Yes, yeah, so But cute. I mean, there's so much product. Have you seen the black and white Vision too? Uh-uh. Oh, it's great. It's, it's him in his business suit. Yeah, it's there's great. just so much product yeah. in there. But by and large, that was a piece of independent TV mil- uh, filmmaking that I'm just so glad got made. Which is why I really don't want to see a second season. I, I kind of agree. I, I would love it if so it just stood good, on its but own. Yeah, it's so yeah. it like let that storyline work its way back into the movies. Yeah. I don't need to see a second season. I think it's incredibly satisfying as it is, despite any of the issues that I you know articulated. I think it's an incredibly satisfying uh, piece of television filmmaking. Yeah, and uh, would love to just see it stand on its own. All right, good enough. There Wandavision. Go. Wandavision. Did you Wanda it? Mm-hmm. No, I tried. I want. I wanted it so much, and then I wa- and then I watched it. You did. You knew I was so excited What'd about it. What you think it? of it? You Tell knew, me. You knew I was excited about it, and it lived up to my expectations. It's Exceeded. not better than Mandalorian, though. Yeah, it is in every, every almost every way. It could be better than Mandalorian. Okay, no. I'll say this. I'll say this. It's very different than the Mandalorian. It has, it's very different. Than it has different goals. It has yes. a different audience. It expects something different from its audience. The Mandalorian expects less from its audience. Wandavision expects quite a lot from its audience. So it's just a very different thing. Again, uh, Mandalorian much broader, much broader appeal than Wandavision. Yeah. You know how how blasters work. You hold it and you sh- you pull the trigger. Yeah, like, got it. Everybody knows who Luke Skywalker is. You know how to you know how to put down a stormtrooper. You w- aim wildly into the air and it falls over. Yeah, 
That's what happens. That's how it works. Yeah, so they're just very different. I'm I'm comfortable saying that. I am too. WandaVision's I'm glad you're comfortable. Far superior. That. Yeah. You seem a little uncomfortable. No, I'm good. Well, those are our thoughts on WandaVision. We hope you uh, enjoyed our thoughts. Why don't you tell us what you guys think? Exactly, Aaron. I was just about to make that call so to action. So weird. That's what you call it. Call that call, oh, CTA? CTA. I was oh, just right about on. to make that CTA. Right uh, yes, tell us what you thought of WandaVision by sharing with us at one of the many places that you can access Tell me about events. some of those places. I'll tell you a little bit about those places. You can email us. We're podcast at bobsesandbanthas.com. You can visit our website where bobsesandbanthas.com. You can join us over on Instagram. We're at bobsesandbanthas. That's where you should go. That's where you really want to go. At bobsesandbanthas on Instagram. It's where all the fun is. All the fun is there. But if you were over on Twitter and you didn't do Instagram, we're over on Twitter too. We're oh, wow. at bobsesandbanthas. You should hashtag banthatier if you're going to send us a message so we can keep a lookout for it. Yeah. Thank you. I want to know what your favorite. I want to know. I want to know what your favorite. Uh, I know it's so fun to run your nose. Yeah, against I love running my nose against this thing. Yeah, uh, I want to know what everybody's favorite episode was. Of uh, maybe we'll cover that on an Instagram feed. Let's okay. do that. Okay, let's do that. When when uh, when you listen to this episode, jump on over to Instagram. Jump on over to at Bob's and Banthas and let us know what was your favorite Wandavision episode and why. <laughs> Okay. And I really want to hit that H in yeah, the Y. Yeah, you need to. Because it's WandaVision, but why? Right. <laughs> <laughs> We've been podcasting so long. We've been doing too long. Doing today. way too long. Hey, thanks everybody for listening. We love making the show. We hope you've enjoyed listening to it. This has been Bob's and Banthas. We release every week on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Amazon, or wherever you listen to podcasts. We would love it if you followed us over on Apple Podcasts and left us a review. Believe it or not, it really helps other people find out about the show, and uh, we can find out what you like about it. In addition to the all, all the other places I just said that you could uh, follow yeah. us, we're also on uh, Patreon.com if you want to support us. We're Patreon.com forward slash Bobs and the Banthas. Again, if you want to hear our Ray and the Last Dragon, that's where you're going to hear it. You can wear us over at Public, get one of those Bantha Boy t-shirts or a Bob the Bantha t-shirt, or just your standard Bab t-shirt. And join the Bantha tiers for more fun over on Instagram. We're at Bobs and the Banthas. Until next week, he's been Aaron. Was nothing real? And I've been Scott. Nope. <laughs> and we've been Bob Sazabanthas. Thanks so much for listening. We'll see you next week. Bye-bye. Walt Disney's Magic Kingdom Disneyland is growing every day. This Saturday night. Now there are more new rides for more fun. In the electro-synthomagnetic musical sound. The magic of light and sound. Yes, there's more fun at Disneyland in Anaheim. Open every day, 10 a.m. to 10 p.m. You can waste time with your friends when your chores are done.